this morning. He's here to meet your need, to speak to your heart, to reveal himself to you. Amen. Oh, just invite him to your pew today and say, Lord, speak to me. Reveal yourself to me in a mighty way, Lord. We want you. We desire you with all our hearts. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful God. There's nobody like him. He has no rivals. He has no equals. There's nobody like him. He is Alpha and he is Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's all in between everything. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. And you know what's so wonderful about it? He's my God. Hallelujah. He's my God. Not only is he my God, but I'm his son. I belong to him. Hallelujah. We're family. Therefore, we can invite him and say, Jesus, oh, the bridegroom, just come by our way. Speak to us today and reveal yourself. Reveal yourself in your omnipotence. Because you reveal yourself where faith is, where people believe. Amen. Amen. Some years ago, you know, I, I prophesied as I preached when he came to himself. You remember Sister Denise straight away from God and oh, I had been several years I was over in overseas in Germany laying in bed just as I was preaching a convention there and the Holy Spirit woke me up. I heard his voice saying, Denise is about to receive her last call. And I looked up and I saw, I don't know how you explain this when it's dark, but I saw a dark shadow pass across the line and I thought, God, I'm the messenger. What do I do now? And God, rich in his mercy, turned her life around and saved her and brought her back to him. He's that kind of God. He's that kind of God that cares for us. Amen. I told you, Dan, we need to get ready for celebrations. And I done said I didn't build this building for COVID so we could kind of separate ourselves, although it's useful for that. I built it so prodigals could come home. Hallelujah. 
Are you ready for celebration? Amen. I got Brother Mike Price here, right here on the front seat with us, standing by another former prodigal. Amen. What happened? God reached in mercy, reached out and got him, brought him back to him. Hallelujah. Hey, my God is that kind of a God. He said, welcome home, children. Come on. I've got a fatty calf. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment. Hallelujah. Let's have a celebration. Bring out the robe. Put on the ring. Put a give of authority over the demons of what's held in bound. I don't know about you, but I got my dancing shoes on this morning. I'm ready for a celebration. Because this God is a God rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. He's rich in love. His arms reaches out to reach right down to your place. Some of you prodigals have been writing me and you know he's got your number you're coming to. I'm sending out a message. You can't stay out there in the pig slot very much longer. You're coming home. Hallelujah. We're here in the end time where prophecy is being fulfilled. Today, I'm going to baptize Brother Mike here at the end of the service in the name of the Lord Jesus as he does his first works over. Gives a public witness that the old man is truly dead and he's rising up in the newness of life to serve the living God. Amen. Lord, we thank you today. We glorify your name because you're the only one who could ever reach down and find us. But you won't leave one of your children out there. You love us. God so loved the world. God so loved me. He gave his own life on my account. That I could have life and life more abundantly. And that old thief that came to rob and to steal and destroy. We are coming here today to claim back everything the devil stole from us. Souls of men and women who is he has taken out. It's, it's an hour of restoration. And we believe God and we believe his word. And we thank you, Lord, for your blessing to us today. And as we look into the word, will you just speak to hearts, speak to lives. Amen. Just deal with them, Lord, wherever they are. Right here in this building, there are those that need saving. Right here in this building, there are those that need healing. Maybe someone needs a spiritual healing, a revival on the inside. And they can have an old-fashioned Pentecostal revival. They can have it in themselves. Even though the world won't see a worldwide sweeping revival, we can have it in ourselves. We thank you for it, Father. Asking that you'd bless us now as we look into your word, Lord. May you just help us in these things we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. God bless you. Good to see each one of you today that are here visiting with us and those that are always sojourned together with us, the bride around the world that is um, streaming here today. God is here to meet your need. We know that because he's, he's God. Amen. And he cares for his people. Matthew chapter 8, verse 23. We're going to read from um, here. And um, I'm going to be speaking on today, part, part four of, is there hope of revival? And we're going to be using Go Wake Jesus, the type. Because this is a type. There's actually two of them. We'll speak about it in a moment. But I've only used this part as a title um, but uh, there's another, another one that Brother Brandon would use to foreshadow the day that we're living in. How many know that all the word that was spoken the groom has to be fulfilled in the bride? Amen. Amen. So Matthew 28, I mean, chapter 8, verse 23. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. Insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him and said, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? And then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, what manner of man is this? That even the winds and the way and the seas obey him. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesians, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, so that no man might pass that way. Then Matthew chapter 14 and verse 22 I'd like to read here. This is actually the other one Brother Branham would use as a type of the end time type of the last days as he would preach on this. Uh, many times after the seals, he would preach on these subjects from these scriptures. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into his ship and to go before him to the other side. And he sent them as, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up to a mountain apart to pray. And when even was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. In the fourth night of the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if, thou, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus and when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, 
the wind ceased, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of truth, thou art the Son of God. Amen. God bless you as you are seated. Now, Brother Branham often talked about two classes of people. And there were the fundamentals and the Pentecostals. And he said, in my travels, I find two classes of people. And I, I just want to say that, you know, spirits don't die. And, and, you know, things just move right forward. And so you, just, you can see them in maybe in one move or one time. And they will resurface right on down into the end time prophecies. And he said, one of them in these classes is a fundamental positionally. They know by the mechanics that they are to be sons and daughters of God. And then he said, I find the nexus of Pentecostals and they with the baptism of the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I want to say this, this baptism there in that time era was rarely upon the soul, but just on the flesh realm. And, you know, just screaming and shouting and with worked up emotion. And Brother Branham, of course, told him, you know, you, you've got where you can whoop up the music as long as the music's going where you're shouting and whatever. But he said, how are you living after all the shout is gone? And so, you know, we, we know, that, of course, that everywhere that Jesus is, there is noise. Amen? Uh, but there can be noise and Jesus not present anywhere. And Brother Brandon would say we can get noise confused with the anointing. He said, noise isn't the anointing. No, no. I've seen where there's a lot of noise and not enough faith to cure a toothache. You've got to come solemnly to the Father. And so again, uh, you know, he said, I, and I'm just giving a couple of these quotes, but he said, I've seen people shout and praise the Lord, not enough faith to heal a toothache. Now, some, some and, and especially... In the Seventh Thunder group under Joe, Brother Joe Coleman there that they were trained to give a response. And it was a trained response because they had to show this, that they now had the token. It was their evidence they were filled with the Holy Ghost because they said amen to the word. And so they gave a trained response of running to the platform and standing and shouting and screaming to the preaching. Noise um, that has sometimes been confused for the true anointing. Uh, you know, but much of it is no different from the priest of Baal who Elijah mocked as they tried to scream down the power of God. And you cannot scream down his power. You cannot work it up. You can work up emotion, but not the power of God. And, and, and many times, you know, pictures are shown and even films and snippets are shown of this and, and, see, and, and, and it's touted as the bride's revival, but it's just noise. Now, the evidence of the Holy Ghost is not noise. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is a surrendered life to God. Amen. A life that, that is worthy of the gospel, that lives for Christ, that daily walk with God. It's shown not in a, an instance of a tongue or a shout or on a Sunday, but it's a life that must be manifested. An everyday walk with Christ, obedience to the word of God, no, no denial of any promise of God. 
Now, you know, as a result, it's sad, but those under this umbrella of the message in this group, their leaders have been in jail for Ponzi scheme, which built thousands of dollars from other believers. And along with, you know, them are, you know, some of their high favored deacons, like in Europe, or one of them molested his granddaughters while the elders blame the underage girls rather than the man who did the naughty deed. And this is what happens, you know, when you go out on emotion and you leave the word of God. Now, uh, Brother Branham said in all things, uh, he says, oh, you say, I went down there and there was a lot of power. Brother, the whole floor was dancing in the spirit and not enough faith to heal a toothache. You call that power, that's not power, that's blessings. There's a lot of difference between blessings and power. God makes his blessings to upon the righteous and the unrighteous. And, and we've got to get back to truth, friends. He said, we've got to come back to what God means. So a lot of difference between blessings and power. So we have these two groups. You know, some are fundamental, and it's word, 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 word. And, and uh, then, of course, the Pentecostal side of the message where, uh, where they're, you know, where they're on feelings and, and sensationalism and, you know, numbers and, you know, emotion that goes with it, you know, of, of whatever. And they got a lot of faith, but they don't know who they are. And so Brother Brandon said it's uh, like money, a man who had money in the bank that, and, but couldn't write a check, and one who had to write a check, but had no money in the bank. He said, if you can just get them together. So I think we got to see there's a third group out there. Amen. There's got to be a third group, not just over here in fanaticism and not just word, 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 where we become scholars and intellectuals, but somewhere that have the word with faith and power. Amen. Now, so again, uh, he, he said uh, that, that he said, well, he was asked about the Pentecostals. So what makes them act like that? He said, well, they were, you know, they just got uh, some steam and they're having to get some vent somewhere, you know, but, but if you, they could direct it fundamentally in the word, then the, in the big regime of God would start moving on. So he said, there's where Satan got in to make it all mechanics and no dynamics are back all dynamics and no mechanics. And so we got to put it together. We got to get the spirit of God, but we got to come back to the with the word to feed this machine. We can't feed it on creed. That's man's ideas and self interpretations to the message. It won't burn. It chokes up the flues. It will not burn it. It was made for the word of God. And man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, not just a part of it, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So, you know, again, it's, it's not, as Brother Branham said, this is the resurrection power is not about ceremonies and Easter bunnies and fictions and jumps and shouts and imaginations and, and, and all of that. But he said, all of that will fail and pass away until the church becomes both the dynamics and the mechanics. And the Spirit of God that moved him to do the same, the things that he did. If he hit on 16 cylinders, so will the bride. Amen. For he said, John 14, 12, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. 
Amen. I'll give him a charge of my dynamics in his mechanics that the world will not be able to withstand it. And I'll raise him up at the last day. That's the Easter message. How many knows we have the Easter message? It is the rising of the sun. Amen. Shalom. There's a new day about to dawn. Amen. The first one from the dead out of all the dark denominationalism. Now there's a bride standing on her feet. Are you with me? Who is in the power of his resurrection? Showing forth resurrection signs. He says that's the Eastern message. The dynamics and the mechanics together. Amen. The mechanics without the dynamics, no good. I just want to say today across the nation and right here, mechanics without the dynamics, no good. And he said, neither is the dynamics without mechanics. You can scream and shout and jump up and down all you want to and then deny this word, it won't do any good. You're just cranking around on the pistons. Got the spark there to fire, but no gasoline to fire it by. It'll only work as they come together. So one will sit still and the other will go up. Well, I don't know about you. I don't want to be in the one, the buggy that sits still. I want to see it drive as it did in Brother Brandon's ministry and drive you down to healing and drive you down to salvation and drive you to a resurrection and drive us to a rapture. Amen. But it'll take dynamics and mechanics. We can't get out of balance in this age. It only works as they come together. Yet both, he said, um, they, they might look alike. Both claims to be churches. Both claim to be the bride. But one has the mechanic and the dynamics. It brings it to pass of what he said is the truth. It just won't move no matter how good the mechanics is. And we've tried it. You know, we got the Greek, and we, we got seal 1, and seal 2, and seal 10, and seal 15, and seal 115, and, and on and on and on, you know, all of this teaching, 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 teaching. Isn't it about the time to preach the gospel? Yes. To preach it means to demonstrate it. Yes. Preaching isn't just jumping out and down and hollering and screaming. Preaching is demonstrating the gospel. Yes. It ain't how we deliver the message, it's how it works. God's got different ways of delivering it, depending on how he made the man. But he said, but again, he says, it just won't move, no matter how good the mechanics is, until the dynamics come. When the dynamics come, the fire is made to connect with that octane in the gasoline. And when that explodes, it causes a combustion. And combustion moves every motion, every move, for he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's the resurrection. That's the real power of God. Mechanics with the dynamics. Notice it's the spirit that quickens. It's the spark that fires. It's not the gas that fires. It's the spark that fires the gas. Amen. As he says it once more, there ought to be a holy power surrounding. And in that church that will make demons flee. Instead of that, it's become a laughing stock. What is it? Mechanics instead of dynamics. Amen. Now, 
You know, he said, why the church, again, when their eyes were open in 64, why the church ought to be, why it ought to be in its most glorious stage now and the power of his resurrection, great signs and wonders. So if you're wondering what's prophesied for this hour, there it is. Amen. Testimony on the sea, he said, we can begin to find out miracles isn't taking place anymore. Like they were. And the sick goes home sick. It isn't because of God. It's because of the lack of revival among the people. There's no revival. They sit and listen and go home and say, well, guess that was pretty good, uh-huh. And there's not that zeal. And there's not that something in the people that should be there. Amen. Now, there are these truth thoughts that Brother Branham wove back, wove back and forth and interwove um, after the seals. And actually, he touched on it some even in his own church. But one thought was that of Samson, which we preached about last week. And the others were... The other thought was in be not afraid and testimony on the sea. Go awake, Jesus. Then Jesus came and called. Different sermons like that. Right. And, and uh, so he, the, these, were, these were types because, remember, they were foreshadowing another age to come. What was done in the groom must also be done in the bride. So we, we can see some of these things there as as um, th- that he dealt with where the disciples were between revivals. There had been a great revival, and they were testifying of the past. Some had Jesus asleep in the boat, and others had gone off without him. So you had two groups of people. Some actually had Jesus, but he was asleep. And the others... Didn't have him at all, but had went off without him. Amen. As I read this text, and I'm hearing him tell him, go there, you know, go and leave me here and go. And I'd say, I ain't never leaving you, Jesus. If you ain't in this boat, I ain't getting in it. And that's why we got to look in this hour. You know, if you're not in my life, I don't want another moment. If you're not really in my heart, deep in my soul, amen, that seal under the day of redemption, I don't want another moment without it. I must have it. Amen. And of course, there was the thought of Samson crying, just once more, Lord. Brother Branham preached the sermon on Samson as the present state of the church. I didn't name it that. He did. He said, this is where we're at. Amen. And he, said, and he preached that to his own church as a deceived church by the world. And, and, and he warned his own church about being blinded and defeated and becoming scared of the new birth. And he would say, and the world is falling apart in 63 of November. It seems like a drying out of the churches. Can hardly find a church anymore that's alive with the word, with the spirit and the spirit of God. And great things taking place like it was not long ago. Think of that. He's looking at the church and he says, I hardly can find one that's got both. Amen. I, I'm, not, I'm not standing here with my chest out. I'm not standing here as a braggart. 
I am approaching this just like this. God, I want both of them. I'm not satisfied with one or the other. I want to see this word and the spirit work together. The dynamics and the mechanics. Amen. I, I'm not standing here and gloating and saying we're the only ones that got it and we're this and we're that. I'm not. I need to put off your bragging. We have no right to brag. If we got anything at all, it's the grace of God. But I tell you what, you ought to have an utmost desire in your heart. God, in my life, I want it. I want that revival in my soul. I don't want to be left here in lethargic, dead hopeless Laodicea that's just lukewarm about it. You know, Brother Bratton would look at it and he could say, I see one hope. This is what he said to his own church, deceived church by the world, where he first preached us that. You say, oh, this don't apply to Brother Branham's movement and the Brother Branham's church. Oh, yes, it does. He preached it first there. And he says, he says, there is, here's the only hope that I have this morning to wind up my message. While Samson was bound, a new shock of hair growed out. Who wants to be that new shock of hair? Amen. Not, not blinded and defeated, but a people with renewed power who are restored church like what's promised in the word to be. And he says that the power of the Holy Ghost can come in her in the demonstration of the spirits. And Mark 16 will, can follow the church. Acts 2, 4, Acts 2, 38. Well, all of it will be following right along with the church. Signs and wonders accompanied the apostles. Great signs of his resurrection accompanied them. And while we're in prison, surely God's growing a crop somewhere for the last great kill. How many is ready for a final blow to the devil? Well, it's going to take a complete dying out on our part. Amen. And he said, I trust the message will, will help bring the vitamin to your system that will grow a spiritual power back in your life again. Now, again, you know, as he would say in Testimony on the Sea, another 64 sermon, I'm saying this on purpose because of those who say, oh, well, we can't accept nothing after 63. Well, here's 64. We've gone off without the old-time prayer meetings and the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming back until the fire has burnt low. You just can't point back to the denominations there. We got to look inward. All of us around the world. You cry out and try to get people to the altar. Oh, no, we don't do that no more. We don't have altar calls. That's even worse. It shows Ichabod is wrote over you. I'll read you the quote in a minute. They just walk up and they were almost dead, a dread to come and, and, and then ask ministers to come pray with them. And, oh, why did he ask me for ministers? And they get down, you can't hardly get them, and then they stand there for a few minutes and look up at you and go back to sit down to their seats to me. The fire has gone out. Something has happened. Look, what we need is a revival. 
that sinners looking upon Christ repent and run to the altar with their hands up and screaming for mercy and the whole church is a flame of fire with the glory of God. Again, in Jehovah Jireh, he, was, he, he would talk about the altar calls. I said, I believe God's going to do some great things and that's the reason I have altar calls and do everything I can to find favor with him. Now watch, remember this title. God's provided way for this day, 1964 sermon. God's provided way for what? This day. Hear it. For this day. Amen. He says, they have never found a better way for a baby to get what it wants than to cry for it. Would you give him a bell and say, Junior, you're only three days old. Now, when you want to do it, when you want your bottle, raise this bell up and ring it. It just won't work. The baby cries for what is won't. That's what God provided way. The louder you cry, he said, don't whip the little fella. He's the only, he's only following God's provided way. He wants something. That's right. It's the only way he knows is to call his mother, scream for it, cry for it. That's right. Remember, God's provided way for this day. God recommends this for his children. Hallelujah. God recommends this for his believing children. He did not, not, in a, he, he did, not intellectual speeches, not some great theology to, theology to teach. He wants you to cry for your needs. That's right, cry for it. You're too stiff and starchy. You'll never get it. If, you, if, you, if you're ready to limber yourself up for a little, a little and cry, God will give it to you. He likes to hear his children cry. Cry your needs to God. God wants it. That's his provided way. Cry out for it. That's the way the baby cries. That's the way he wants you to cry. Cry how long? How long does a baby cry? Till he gets satisfied. And that's the way the believing Christians should do. God's child, if you see God made a promise, don't give up on it. Cry till it's answered. Amen. Roger, you see, God vindicates his word. And when God vindicates his word and proves it here, then you don't have to cry no more. Amen. You got it. You walk away and thank him for it. But until you do, scream out until you get it. I like that. Persistent, holding on. Not a hybrid plant. Not one that has to be babied and petted and packed around. Christians are real, genuine, born again articles of God. They fight for their position. And that's what all this crying is about. You're fighting for your position. Brother Bradham, Jesus rather likened us, likened himself to God as the unjust judge, which is not unjust. But he likened it and the, and the approach to, to him and how to approach him. Amen. She, and he said, she cries day and night. And he said, because of her continual coming, I'm going to answer her. And if you want something from God, you've got to be persistent. You cannot ever give up on it. You begin to cry. You knock and keep on knocking. And you ask and you keep on asking. And you seek and you keep on seeking. 
Remember, remember the very sign of those that are sealed, which Brother Bradham said, you, you can't preach this, you hurt your church. But he said one of the greatest signs of people being sealed is they're sighing and crying for the abominations that are being done. I wonder if today if we hadn't become a bit calloused with all that we hear. I don't know who she is, but we're right here, you know, with a vice president rising up, could be, rising up in America. She's not black, she's an Indian on her mother's side. On her daddy's side, she's Haitian, which is white and black. And she identifies as an Afro-American, and she's not. Are you with me? Amen. But she's an evil woman. She's a cruel woman. And here she's coming up. I don't know what our next election will be. But don't think things are going to get better. It's all playing in the hands of God. We're right here on the fulfillment of prophecy. And you, you've got to fight for your position. Amen. I began the year out with Joshua. You know what Joshua said, was told, you know, put your feet on the promise. I won't fail you. I won't leave you. I'll be right there like I was with Moses. Like I was with the messenger. I'll be with you. You're going to take this land. You're going to go into a rapture. But you got to be persistent. That was another sermon that he kept preaching. Perseverance. Don't give up. Lay hold on it. That's why Jacob, you know, was known as Jacob. He, he come out as the heel grabber. He had a hold of his brother's heel. Amen. From the first, from as he came out, his hand was wrapped around. That's the way you've got to be a heel grabber. Amen. I'm going to get a hold of that promise. I don't care how. Amen. I'm going to get it. Come on. And that was Jacob. No matter what he had to do, no matter what, what kind of things he had to go through, he was going to get it. So you have to come with determination. Come until you know you just stay there until you know it's over. Amen. Amen. If you knock and you come once, well, I've been to the altar before. Well, come again. Amen. Amen. And don't just wait for church. Find an altar wherever you're at. Amen. If you're in the woods, if you're at work, if you're at school, wherever you are, you seek that altar until your life is changed can be in the jail, wherever it is, you find an altar. You cry till you get it. I was so overjoyed the other day when some come down to the altars and I didn't even ask for it and sisters came and prayed with the sister and brother came and prayed with the brothers. It overjoyed me to see those who join with those seekers. And Brother Bradham said in Jehovah Jireh, he says, he said, I want to say this about you people here that proves what you're made of. I went to places, even and people who's supposed to be spirit-filled people. 
and see altar calls made and why you couldn't get people to go in and pray with anybody to pray with me. It shows it's Ichabod. The Spirit of the Lord has departed. But when you see that zeal and fire and longing and long for human souls. So, I want you to say something. If it's Ichabod for people to you know, let a soul come to the altar and nobody want to pray with him. And that shows us Ichabod. Then wouldn't it also be Ichabod when we got preachers who won't make an altar call? Amen. Isn't it Ichabod when an atmosphere isn't made in a church? Where sinners get out of their seat and weep their way to Calvary? Isn't that Ichabod? The glory has departed. That's what Ichabod means. You remember, it was in the, it was in the, in the, in the days of Samuel where Eli had sent out the ark with, for the battle against the Philistines. And the ark was taken. That represents the word. It was taken down the camp of the enemy. And there his daughter-in-law was given birth about that time. And as she gave birth, she died. And as she died, she named the child that was born Ichabod. The glory of the Lord has departed because the ark of the Lord is taken. And when the word and his power leaves the church, leaves the movement, come on. Amen. It shows the glory of the Lord has departed. When there's no more zeal, when there's no more desire to see a soul saved, when there's not people calling on God, then you can see the glory of the Lord has departed. And he said, we've gone off without the old time prayer meeting, the baptism of the Holy Ghost coming back to the fire and went low until there's this dread. Dread for even people to come up. Ministers won't even pray. And he said, there, there again, he says, as an evangelist, he talked about it in spiritual amnesia. He said, we actually get enough God about us did we come up to the platform and said, yeah, I better come up. And, you know, now this is experience of worldwide. So he said, this is not unique to this one place in Birmingham. But he said, I better go up and stand. Well, I don't know. Here I am. What a place to be in. There's no fire burning. There's no enthusiasm. There's no go into it. And as an evangelist, that it kills me to see God's people in that shape. But we're supposed to be on fire. But you see what it is, exactly what I told you, Revelation 3, you're lukewarm. And he said, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew out of my mouth. That's right. What he, what, that's what he said. And if he said that's what he's going to do, let's not be in that crowd. You're here needy. Let's get it or die right here. That's right. Let's get it or die. And that's got to be the, the attitude of every one of us and every repentant sinner. I must get it or die. As Vernon Winters died here the other day with cancer, and he said, I know what I got this cancer. He said, the reason why is because I wouldn't surrender my heart to God, and I'm so thankful for this cancer 
Because in it, God has given me an opportunity to come back. And I would rather die with this cancer than to die an alcoholic. I'd rather die with this cancer a Christian than die an alcoholic a sinner. God's going to get you. Amen. You know, there are two thoughts that he presents. He presents, go wake Jesus or be not afraid. It's two, two conditions. One of them is a person or a church who has Jesus in the boat but just needs to arouse him with their faith. And then the other is a person or church who has gone off without Jesus and he's, a, he's, a, he's afraid of the, he's the very thing they need and they're afraid of it. Are you with me? Now, again, this is what Brother Branham said in 63 in August. He said, he said, that's what people do about coming to Christ. They lay the foundation of believing on the Lord and accepting him as personal Savior and going on to Christian baptism. But when it comes on to falling through to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, somebody explains them away from them. That's the reason it's seed that fell by the wayside or fell on stony ground, or shall I say fell among thorns. Now, we read, we read and we've shared with you from a deceived church by the world, and Brother Branham told his church, you are afraid of the new birth. And I'm just saying, this is what has happened seemingly around, around the, the whole movement, the message community. They've got to where they're afraid of the new birth. Amen. They're afraid of the gifts of the Spirit. They want nothing to do with that. Why? Oh, they might be called Pentecostal. I hope I am called Pentecostal. Because somebody's going to be a true Pentecostal. They're going to be the Acts 2 Pentecostal. Amen. Not this latter day Azusa Street, but the one whose hearts have been turned back to the original faith of the fathers. And Brother Branham said himself in the Laodicean church, I want to be that kind of Pentecostal from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And there ought to be a people here today that said, God, make me like that original branch. Let me be a part of that. Not an impersonator, but a part of that. Where there's a branch is a part, the offshoot from the vine, the original root. And I'm bringing forth the life of Christ as the apostles did. And write another book of Acts behind us. And let me remind you, the book of Acts that we're writing is not all the quarrels and the fussing and the fighting and the failures. The book of Acts that is promised us is the very things that Jesus did, you shall do also. That the life that was in Jesus is in his bride. Are you with me? Amen. Oh, yeah, they're afraid they might speak with tongues. What Paul said, I would that you always speak with tongues but rather that you prophesy. But then, of course, our prophet told us, he said, some people won't receive it unless they do speak with tongues. And he said, God's a good God. He'll give you what you want. But you can have tongues without the Holy Ghost. Why don't you just get the Holy Ghost and then he'll give you everything else you need. Amen. Amen. And then become afraid of the anointing because... We might be branded as 
the anointed ones of the end time. Well, I hope I'm branded as that. I didn't say I want to be branded as the, the anointed false ones. But I want to be one of those that's anointed. Because the bride is the anointed one of this day. Come on. Amen. Again, in the shame, Brother Branham said, this is in 65 before he parts. He said, instead of accepting the fatherhood of the word. Now, he, he says, recognizing the word is our father. And he said, it would be a shame, you know, if your boy walks in and you say, hey, this is my son. And you say, hmm, my son? Huh, huh. No, you're not my dad. Something that ugly can't be mine. How would you feel as a father? Your daughter deny you right in the face of, uh, of your company, your friends, strangers. And he said, when it comes to accepting the fatherhood of the word of God, Christ, no, they're embarrassed. They don't want to say, yes, I have spoken tongues. Yes, I have seen visions. Yes, I believe in divine healing. Yes, I praise the Lord. I was with Brother Ron here in a meeting back June of a few years ago, and, and, and he talked about seeing a vision and, and whatever, some woman come running up to him after that only Brother Bradham could have visions. And I thought, we, we're supposed to be in the message 40, 50 years, and we're so immature that we don't know that sons and daughters of God shall see visions, old men shall see dreams, and young men see visions, and I pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And ashamed of him, he said, but let me say this, a man who has once come in contact with God, which is the word, and the word has been made plain and manifested in him, there's no shameless about it. You're not embarrassed. It don't embarrass me to say, I believe every word of God. It don't embarrass me to say, when the Lord says, say, any, say anything, you go and say and I do it. It don't embarrass me to say, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. It don't embarrass me to say that I have spoke with other tongues. It don't embarrass me to say that our Lord Lord has shown me vision. It don't embarrass me to say he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We don't like this title that I'm fixing to share with you. And we want to deny it and spit it out as a, as a movement, as a message community. But listen, your prophet in 63, November 30th, the sickest body I know of is the so-called body of Jesus Christ. It needs spiritual healing. And there's only one bomb that I know that will heal, and that's the word, and that's the sick body that we want to stand up and strengthen the vitamin power of the gospel. And that's why I use much of the time now trying to strengthen the church by the word. And that's exactly where we're at today. Amen. There's too many sick among us because they have not discerned the Lord's body. Are you with me? Now, as we, as we speak of it, as he says, 
you know, he says, I'm not trying to support my ignorance, he goes on to say, by saying this, but what we need now, more than we need, that we do the intellectual side, you know, how to put the word together and how to make it masterly fit is God. We need God. See, it doesn't come, always come through rightly formed words. It comes through dedicated heart and that heart dedicated God and doing the will of God. Now, you got to know the will before you can do the will, but find out what you're here for. And that's the whole thing. Come to yourself. Realize what you're here for. Amen. What is the church raised up for? What was Samson raised up? To destroy God's enemy. And what have we been raised up for? To defeat the enemy. That the gates of hell cannot prevail against us. To be a church who stands in this last day. And not fall for anything. And everything. Now. (laughs) I've spent enough time on that. I want to go into my thought. Here they're out on the sea. They just had a great revival. I'm just referencing what Brother Brandon preached. And he said it might have been the young John that hadn't had his heart so scarred with so much theology. You know, I think it's going to take some young Johns in this day whose hearts ain't so scarred with so much theology. You know, until we've explained the power of God away, and we've explained divine and healing, we don't need it, it's a minor, you know. Well, hey, you can't have the major without the minor. Well, we, you know, we, the, the gifts, uh, that's Pentecostal, you know, jumping down, jumping up and down and trying to speak with tongues is, is over with now, Brother Tim, and I agree. Jumping up and down and trying to speak with tongues is over with. Right. Trying to manufacture a gift and trying to work up emotion is over with. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, you know, we got the divine now, perfect interpretation of the word. And when, when that which is, which, is, um, which is perfect has come, then that which in part is done away with. And I want to say I so concur and I so agree that we're here at a time that when just having part is over with. And you cannot have the perfect and a part left out. So in the perfect has to be gifts of the Spirit, tongues, interpretation, divine healing, the power of God. Come on. Amen. It's got to all be there to have that which is perfect. Because when that which is perfect has come, then, then just having part is done away with. You get a man sealed with the Holy Ghost down on the inside of his inside, he might have lived with part as a justification. He might have had another part with sanctification. But when, are you with me? Amen. When he is filled in his soul and is redeemed, come on, and that seed is quickened on the inside of him, then just having part of salvation is over with. Now the fullness has come. And of his fullness we have received grace for grace. 
No, your heart gets scarred with theology. You're only concerned with theology. I believe the message. We believe the thunders. We got the seals. We do. The book is open. Oh, we believe in his coming. The epiphany, the perusia. We believe this, we believe that. But when your heart isn't scarred, then instead of thinking, oh, I'm so glad and I've got this comfort. Oh, that I've got this certain theology and I've got this certain knowledge of this revelation. But you're thankful instead for his life and his power within you. Are you with me? Amen. And he said, John hadn't had his heart so scarred with so much theology. He must have said something like this. Think of it right here in the ship. This one that is identified by Jehovah's word to be Jehovah's service and servant and whom he is pleased is right here in the ship with us. Come on, somebody. Amen. There ought to be some of us not so scarred with theology until there's still rejoicing. We can still shout and rejoice and say, there's God in this ship. It's not just theology. There's really God in this ship. I know he changed me. He made me different. Amen. Oh, to be a church that we can say, we got God in this ship. Not just theology, but God's in this ship. The great creator, the almighty, and you're thankful for his life and his power. Because as Brother Brandon said, and who is this? Not to know theology is life. Not to know the Bible is life. But to know him is life. To know him as your personal savior, as the one who has filled you with his presence. You were there when it happened. Hallelujah. How many can say this morning, I was there when it happened. Amen. And there's nobody can take it away from you. There's no one can explain it away from you. When that experience happens to you, you know who he is. To me, he's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. As Brother Branham said, God called ministers ought not to be stuffed, so stuffed out with theology, but have visited the land to where we're going, bringing back the evidence of the, the divine love and the power of Jesus Christ to make it known to their congregation that there is a land beyond the river. So Jesus is in our boat. How many glad this morning Jesus is in your boat? Amen. My, they, they can look around and, and they can talk and say, you know, here he is, the Messiah. Here he is, the anointed word. Here it is. We saw the sign come down. on. We heard the forerunner say, this is my beloved son. We heard the message that as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming, you're sent with a message to forerun the second coming. And that message is in the boat. The very creator, it created. Amen. It resurrected fish. Come on, somebody. It created squirrels. Somebody help me. Amen. It it vanished tumors. Are you with me? It saved young people. Come on, somebody. Amen. It calmed storms. Amen. What was that? The word was in our midst. 
Brother Bradham said, they had seen him out there heal the sick, raise the dead, for no t- things, tell people the secrets of their heart, and believe they were on their road to another revival, but then trouble set in, and they forgot all about it. They forgot when trouble came that Jesus was really in their ship. They began with every kind of self-effort they could. They used their oars. They pulled down their sails. They did this. They did that. They, 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 they hung on to the rudder till it breaks. They do everything humanly possible. And he said, you know, when trouble come in, they forgot all about it. And he said, that's the way we do. He's still as great as he ever was. Amen. He's just still as great as he stood in space and said, let there be. And created the world. He's just as great as he was when he was in the days of, of Moses and opened up the Red Sea. He's as great as he was as at the grave of Lazarus. When he said, Lazarus, come forth. And if he hadn't said, Lazarus, all the dead would have come forth. He's as great as he was when he healed the leper. When he raised up the cripple. When he opened up the eyes of the blind. His power is not diminished. His glory is not diminished. Amen. His Holy Ghost still has omnipotence in it that can change your world in a second. Amen. He's just as great as he was in the Welsh Revival. He's as great as he was in Azusa Street. He's as great as he was in the Divine Healing Movement. And he's still great right now this morning in 2020 where we are seeing miracles. There's troubled waters. The winds and the waves are blowing. There's fusses and churches. Splits over nothing. Hurts and divisions and wounds. Fusses in the church. Some like this way. Some want that way. Some's divided over the music. Some's divided over this. And some's divided over that. You know what your problem is? You lost the vision. The vision is Jesus is in our ship. But yet you're looking out here at all and letting Satan blow you over and rock your boat with all kinds of various opinions. Come on now. And instead of staying straight on the word and saying, I know he's the same yesterday, today, or forever. And he can calm this storm. He'll get us through because he's in our ship. And there ain't enough devils in hell can destroy the ship that Jesus is in. Hallelujah. The gates of hell shall not prevail against her. There ain't enough demons. There ain't enough sickness. There ain't enough trouble that can destroy and take down a ship that Jesus is in. And if you've got the Holy Ghost this morning, there's not enough trouble, not enough devils, not enough sickness that can take you down and defeat you. You're coming through the storm. Jesus is in your boat. Hey. 
Let him blow. He knows. He knows we're headed for him. We're on our way. We're on our way to find a legion, a son of God, a daughter of God who has been bound by devils and pulled down by hell. But we're on our way because there's deliverance coming for God's children and God's people are going to be free. sin, every disease, every affliction. Hallelujah. A prophet saw you coming and he said, Satan, be careful. There's somebody that is headed across the troubled sea and they're going to make it through to the other side because they got Jesus in their ship. And we're going to see delivered for all the seven ages and the dead in Christ shall rise and we shall be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. It's God's promise and his promise never fails. If you could only catch that vision. God's still God. He's not changed a bit. He divided himself on the day of Pentecost. And part of that division is in me. A portion of deity lays on the inside of me. Come on, somebody. Amen. The Holy Ghost with all its fire is right on in here. And it's omnipotence. And omnipotence can speak against sin, against disease, against trouble. Come on. Hallelujah. Because when omnipotence speaks, all things happen because believers are believing. Each has a portion. I got a portion of God. You got a portion of God. But in that portion is omnipotence. I'm talking to a bunch of devil defeaters. Amen. Bunch of mountain movers. movers. Satan bruisers. Amen. Some this morning is going to rise up and crush the head of that serpent that's been bothering you for way too long. You'll be able to break those cycles in your life of up and down and in and out. There's some like that. They need to wake Jesus. But sadly, there's others that don't have Jesus to wake. Some churches, can I say it? Some churches, I only speak in from 50 years of experience. I'm not speaking as a novice here to, Slinging out some words everywhere. I'm just saying some of you don't have Jesus to wake. He ain't been in your church in so many years you wouldn't even know him if he came. There's not been an amen or a hallelujah or glory to God. Come on. Amen. You went off with that. And there's individuals that are sitting just as cold in their heart. Because Jesus has never been in their boat. 
Oh, they heard the word. And they went off without him. They went out on mission. They went out to do this. They went out to do great things. They went out to fulfill a commission. But they didn't have Jesus. And then the winds begin to blow. And trouble comes. And there ain't no Jesus in the ship to awake. But all hope isn't lost. Because he's not going to lose a one of his. And in the darkness of the night, in the darkest hour, Jesus comes along. Walking on the water that's trying to destroy you. Because every devil is under his feet. Hallelujah. And you know what that did? That gave Peter faith to say, if that's you, Lord, you know, they begin to cry. That might be a spirit. Oh, and they were afraid. Some are afraid of the new birth. Some are afraid of the new moving of the spirit. Some are afraid they might be called Pentecostal to have all the word. Hello. Oh, we got the perfect word. Not without the gifts of the spirit, you don't. You just got a portion. I'm going to rest a minute. Water and let you think. Got to water the camel. Now as we think about it, I don't have Jesus. He ain't there. Why he ain't never been there in so long, they can't even remember when they got the commission to go and they went without him. They thought they got a commission to go. They got a great message. They thought God sent a great message and the seal was open. Here they go running. Here they go sailing away. We're going to tell everybody. And Jesus is not in your boat. But he ain't losing a one of his. And he's up watching from a high hill. And he sees the trouble that you're in. And he ain't going to leave none of his children out. Even though you did a stupid thing to go without him. Amen. He ain't going to leave you out. He's coming to you. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's not a spook and he's not a spirit. Oh, yeah, he is, but not a bad one. He's a Holy Spirit. And if you you just cry out to him, he'll make you walk on your waters. Peter said, if that's you, bid me come. Well, it's me. Come on. Well, he gets out there and he walks on the waters. But Jesus still isn't in his boat. And you might have great faith and be able to do great things and have great things happen and this and that. But unless Jesus gets in your boat, you're still in trouble. Because anytime you get your eyes off of him, you're going to sink. But he's a God of second chances. He's a God of third chances. He's a God of fourth chances. He's a God of many chances. He's a God that's calling on your heart this morning because he's a God rich in mercy. And all Peter had to do was get his eyes back on Jesus and say, Lord, help me. I perish. And he lifted him out. And immediately they were in the boat. 
Isn't it wonderful when one finally gets Jesus in their boat? You know, then their storm begins to cease. They can sail through troubled waters. Amen. Drug, women, popularity, money, whatever it is, will never drag you down again. It'll never sink your boat. Because you got Jesus in the boat. Amen. You get Jesus in the boat, you have the birth of the word. You can have a tongue speaking Acts 2.38, blabbering, screaming, shouting experience that will make you walk on the very waters that was about to drown you. And Jesus will lift you up and let you walk on the waters again even after you've fallen. Isn't he a God rich in mercy? Even after you got your eyes off of him, he'll reach right down there for you one again. And then you'll have Jesus in your boat because immediately... He'll come to the boat with you. And when he gets in the boat, the storm ceases. Peace, peace, a wonderful peace. Oh, now coming down from the Father above. Don't want to sing too much because you'll think I'm quitting preaching. I ain't. I just now started to fight. I'm just getting my second win. The disciples found themselves at the end of the road. You know, we're having trouble. COVID-19. Some, I'm not even going to repeat their gossip. It ain't even worthy of talking about. They can't handle the word. They can't rightly divide it, so they mess it all up. But let me just say it this way. Getting COVID-19 don't mean you don't have the token. That's a lie from the pits of hell. And you can tell them Jesus said it through Tim Pruitt. We get sick. We get cancers. We got troubles. Yet we're still Christians. It has nothing to do with the soul. But Brother Branham talks about it. They were having a rest between revivals. And there, you know, Jesus was taking a rest. And they were resting. And they were testifying. Oh, you remember, oh my, that mighty story about that little colored lady down there in Memphis, Tennessee, where she called Elijah down out of the skies. To come to her need. Because God was trying to show you, you don't have to be rich and affluent and a big somebody. You can be the poorest of the poorest, but your prayer can move Jesus. Where Elijah will come to your door. Or his servant. Whatever it is. Oh, we've testified. My overseas, you know, why, you know, that, that, that boy, he's dancing on a chain and thinking he wants to do tricks and he's all crippled up and everything else. And, and in one moment's time, he jumps up and all his bones cracked and he's healed and has a right mind. God can still heal the retarded, the spastic. Not popular to use that word, what they call that now, handicapped. 
He can, God can heal and restore it all. Amen. Amen. It takes one moment to believe in him. It can be a newborn Christian just lays their hands over on their little child and hearing comes back. Amen. It doesn't take the great and the mighty. It just takes one believer. They're the great and the mighty. Because the humblest of God's believers. So, well, Brother Tim, I don't know if God will even hear my prayers. I just don't know. Well, you know, sometimes we get it so, we get so out of touch with how this God Response to the need of humanity. If I don't tell this right, men, then you forgive me, but I'll just tell it as I've been told. We got a doctor in town that was not, well, let's just put it this way. He had a filthy mouth. He was a, he was a, a, a pain management doctor and back surgeon. And he didn't have good bedside manners and was rude. He got COVID-19. They put him down, finally in a respirator. How many days was that? 41 days? 41 days. When he finally got come out and got loose of it, he looked over to the attendant physician. He said, you know, Something very strange happened six times. I went into a very, very dark room. And he said, my father-in-law, an old doctor, he was a heart surgeon there, noted man in Shreveport. When I did some of the first heart surgeries and things, I understand, in our area. He's deceased. And he came to him six times and said... When you go back, you get your life right. Six times he went in that dark room. Six times he's told that. He comes up and he tells his attendant physician. And the doc says, six times your heart stopped beating. And six times I brought you back. And he turns and he says, and while I was on the ventilator, there was a time I could see and I could look around and I thought there was angels, but it was people and they were praying. And that's because there was a prayer chain going around for this man that would, God would heal him because God hears prayers. And today he's come out of it. And some of our church members who's visited the office says, now there's gospel music playing in the office. Now he prays with them and says, God bless you. And you think sometimes God will only do something for you and me. No, God's a God who's got a great big heart who will reach out to the church, to the bride, to the lost, to the dying. Because he's a God rich in mercy. You may think the day of grace is over. That's because you become so great and mighty in your own way and your own thinking. You think you can close the door, but God says, I still got it open. 
Listen, I'll take it. I don't care what denomination he belongs to today. I'll take it. There's going to be some of them that will be part of the church. And they're the redeemed. They're in the book of life. You know what I mean by redeemed. They're in the book of redemption. That's what I mean. That's all I mean. Now, but he's been taking a rest between revivals. And, and there, there's another revival coming, you know, again. You know, and he says, Brother Branham says, that we're resting between revivals. Could it remind the people around the world, that's what we've been doing. We have been resting between revivals. You know, Brother Brandon said, we are looking for another stir where there's got to be something happen that calls the church, that will gather the church together. He, he says, there's, there's another surge that is coming. And of course, we can look back at the revival past. Oh, there was miracles. And, oh, there, and let me just remind you, there's not going to be another worldwide sweeping revival like that. It's over. This next revival, this revival that we're in is taking a bride home to glory. That's why Brother Bradham would say, I am looking for another surge of the Spirit, the coming of the Lord. He said again in the token, he said, I'm looking for a break forth, time of break forth of the Spirit of God in these last days that we're living in. For another surge of the Holy Spirit into the church for rapture and faith just before it comes and everything is sitting straight in order. And I believe we're at the time now that the Word should have preeminence. And we've had 50 plus years. And of course, there's been a lot of storming hours. But I want to remind you, he says again, there will be an outpouring. This is after 63. There will be a big outpouring of the Spirit, yes, to grab that church and take her in the skies. Exactly, see, because the church, the Word, the bride, and Christ's ministry is in, is, in, is in His bride, which is His body. And let me just paraphrase it this way. The supernatural body, the spiritual body of His here on the earth, His Spirit is in there living His life right out until Him and the church becomes one for the wedding that's what he says and what shall I do with Jesus called Christ God's little flock that believes the word is mechanics is ready to it's ready for the dynamics to set it forth with the Holy Spirit so I'm looking for another shaking God's going to send another shaking this is after 63 in Jeffersonville for those of you that like it to be there by the way, he said, go compel them to come in. There's still room. They may be in the highways and the byways, but there's still room at the table. You say, Brother Tim, as why is a rapture waited so long? Hey, I wanted it when I was a 15-year-old boy preacher 50 years ago, but God has made it wait for you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. Because he's not going to leave a hook behind. There's still room. 
And I believe maybe in the next few months or something, a year, whatever it is, God is going to send another shaking across the country for there's still somebody out there somewhere that's a predestinated seed that the light has to fall on somewhere in the world. It might be someone like Philip who tried and tried and tried to do this on his own. But one day the light struck the seed. Come on, somebody. Amen. One day, you know, a child of God can go a long time, the prophet of God said, before that seed germinates. But God's got an hour. God's got a time. God, oh, God does these things to give a hope for somebody else. Amen. He'll, oh, listen, he'll let my wife have a brain bleed to give hope for somebody else that God can still heal brain bleed. He'll let another have cancer and heal it to show and give hope to somebody else that there's still a God of miracles. And God will, God will let one come in and there to come this way and that way and just make partial steps and make a big mess out of everything and then turn around and make be God rich in mercy and take a guy like Philip who had time after time and youth camp after youth camp and altar call after altar call but one day in the presence of God a seed germinated something he always wanted in his heart and it's never been the same. <laughs> yeah, did the same with you, Sherman. Gave you another chance, Vicky. Because these are God rich in mercy. I could have them pop up all over this building. A God who cares. He'll get you some way. Come on. Amen. You say, oh, Brother Tim, I'd like to have that. I'd like to have that experience like that doctor did. Huh. You don't have to have that experience. You've got a preacher to preach to you. You've got an angel in the pulpit to bring you a message to tell you today is the day of salvation and you can turn from darkness to life. And Brother Brandon said, God is going to send another shaking across the country where there's somebody still out there somewhere that's a predestinated seed. I pray it'll be someone who'll look around and say, you know, I've been and I went off without Jesus and I'm shaking because of all of this, but I see one coming, walking on the water that I want in my boat so I can walk on my waters too. Hallelujah. It might be some of you huh, sitting in a message pew, been in a backslid, lukewarm condition for years and your Jesus is asleep in your life. In your soul. Oh, yeah, you really got the Holy Ghost, but it's been so long since you made real contact with it. And you need a shaking to shake that Jesus. Wake up that Jesus. Wake up that Holy Spirit. Some are going to be like Samson, you know. Wake up. They're pinching me. My strength is gone from me. I'll go as out as I did before. But there's going to be others that's going to come back and say, my hair's growing out. Everything the devil robbed from me, the power is coming back. I'm making seven locks out of it now. 
for all the ages are finished and I'm clothed with a Nazarite vow. Oh, just once more, Lord. Just once more, send your power. Brother Branham said, we find in every walk of life salesmen that claim to be salesmen, they're not. Electricians who claim to be electricians, they're not. Mechanics who claim to be mechanics, they're not. We find men who claim to be Christians and are not. Jesus plainly stated what a Christian was. These signs shall follow them that believe. What they would do, what the believing church would do. We can claim we're bride and not be it. Because if the signs don't follow it, we are just making an empty statement and an empty claim. But the signs must follow them that believe. The signs of a believing church, there will be miracles. There will be healing. There will be a genuine atmosphere of the Holy Ghost. There will be gifts of the Spirit. There will be genuine Christians living an overcoming life. That's what will be in a believing church. These disciples, they've been bragging. Some are bragging on his theology. Wow. Man, when he broke the, broke the seals, and man, that seventh seal. Man, I've got part one and part two and part ten and part twenty, seventh seal. A seventh seal is seventh seal this and seventh seal this. And you can see their title, seventh seal. And they're trying to convince you they really believe in the seventh seal. But they never had the coming. They're preaching about the coming, but never had the coming. They're over here in the ship. They're talking about all of these other things. They know there was a revival. We have the seals, the thunders. We understand predestination, the difference between that and free moral agency. And we've been back and we've talked about it. And, you know, like I said, the big one, the seventh seal. And we're, we're, not, we're not first and second pull believers we got the word, so we're third pull believers. Oh, well, where's the signs of that? Where is the power of salvation that brings conviction to young sinner boys and girls and they fall on their knees to repent and, give the, and then live an overcoming life? Why is porn still a problem with them? Why are they so caught up in video games? They have no appetite for the word, and they're born again. Where's the power to change atmospheres? To speak to the storms. So divorces aren't happening in our churches. Amen. Where, where's the power of healing? Where the word goes forth and removes tumors before the doctor's hands touch them. If you got the third pull word, then let's see it manifest. Oh, we've had a great revival, and then a great cooling off. Oh, yeah, resting between revivals. We can remember. Some remembers the miracles, the dead baby that was raised down in Mexico, and whew, man, man, what a prophet. Whew. 
What a miracle. What a, what, a, what a mighty God worked through that man. Oh, my, those days. Those days, what a, what a, what a man. Other over here, what a great doctrine. What a great truth we got today. And oh, my, we dissect it and trisect it and we splice it up and jam this quote with that one and jam that one until we got something that the brother Branham didn't even say and we become so great that we can interpret now what's between the line that we can got something new and say things that ain't even on the line. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. But that's when trouble starts. When the church forgets about the presence of Jesus Christ, when we forget and begin to stew and fast and make little denominations that are tighter than, uh, than even the denominations out there till it becomes us four and no more. That's where the trouble starts. But as long as Christ is there and the Holy Spirit is blessing the people, you know, we don't care what color or creed that it is. You know, we're all one great pool of God's blessing. We're just fellowshipping on the blood. But when we begin to think, we're the biggest church. My ministry's got more views than yours. Well, I've had more hits on Facebook than you have. All the other things, you know. We got intellectual trained men. It can bring a script, bring out a message. You can hardly lay a finger on it. But Brother Brandon said, what I want to know is where is that manifestation? See, intellectual sermons. And we're tired of intellectual sermons. We're tired of preacherettes with sermonettes that produces Christianettes. We want real things. Not the intellectual giants who know the Greek and put it together intellectually, and yet their heart has never really been changed. But Jesus said, Lo, I'm with you always. Let's talk about that for a moment. There's so many things that we can speak about just for a moment. But what did he say? What did he say? Why don't we try Hebrews 13, 5? Let's just look at that for a moment. Let me just bring this up. Let me just try this for a minute. Let your, the way you live, be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Does he keep his promise? Is he true to his word? Is somebody with me yet? Amen. What does he say in Matthew? Let's try to say Matthew, is it 28, 20? Right there where, where, where he says, or uh, yes, that's good. He says, lo, I am with you always. Even to the end of the world. Right down here to the end of the end of the end of the end of the end. I'm with you always. Amen. Jesus is in the ship. Even in my tabernacle, I want you to know Jesus is in the ship. 
We can talk about things. Oh, yes. Oh, my. That day, Atlanta ran around the church. That day, this happened. That day, when the Holy Spirit swept through my room and, and my wife's blindness went away and little Drew got up out of, out of the floor and never walked at 18 months old and ran around the house. But when trouble comes to your house, when the doctor says your daughter's got cancer, your wife, your child, you, you've got. Then you get fearful and afraid. Oh, I could really believe when it was happening in Brother Tim's house and happening in the Butts' house and happening in the Dexter's house and happening over here and there. When it happened over in the Oglesby's house and kidneys were restored and Oh, I believed it. I, I knew it can happen for you. God bless you, brother. But when it comes to your house, that's when you're going to want to wake Jesus. That's when you're going to have to reach over there and say, I don't need a rest anymore. I need a revival. That's when you need another shaking. And say, shake me, Lord. Amen. And where your faith begins to rise up. Come on. Are you with me, church? Amen. Will you begin to say, Jesus, amen. Don't you care that we perish? Yeah, he cares. He's been waiting for you to care. For you to start caring. Hey, there's cancer in the church. And they've been laying there sick and not be healed. But now they're here in my house. Amen. When there's this problem, but now I'm faced with it. I want Jesus to come alive. And I tell you, there's only one thing that will bring Jesus, the Jesus in your life, to, to cognizance and recognition and back to the forefront again. And that's your faith. And when your lips begin to move and you begin to call on him with faith, that Jesus begins to rise up and face your storm and say, why did you doubt? You've had me all the time. I've been there all the time. I filled you with the Holy Ghost. I put my life in you. Call me anytime. No, I'm with you always. Even to the end of the world. You need a revival. It doesn't matter whether you got him in your boat or he ain't in your boat. You need a revival. Right here, sitting people, Jesus ain't in your boat. And right here, there's people, Jesus is in their boat. But right here, there's people, no matter which condition you're in, you need to recognize your need. Of him in the forefront of your life again. And get your eyes off your storm. And get your eyes back on Jesus. There's hydrogen bombs. Atomic bombs, whatever they are. There's bombs with our name on it. Korea's got them. They're working on them over here in... The Arab countries, supposedly Israel's got them. It's a secret. 
But yeah, they got them. Secret's pretty well out. The United States has got them. Russia's got them. Everybody's got them. They can blow this world to bits. Politics, rotten to the core. Whether you're a Democrat or somebody that should be canned, you're in a mess. The world's in a mess. Storms on every side. COVID is raging through the country. It's only the first precursor of plagues that are coming. They're only going to get worse. Financial crisis on the horizon. There's nothing sure. There's storms everywhere. And your marriage ain't going to hold together without God. Don't matter who you are. You got to have Jesus. And your children are going to stray unless you get an old fashioned altar back in your home and make it the very goal of your life to raise children for God instead of your stupid career. But one day you're going to look and say, How stupid was I? You cannot remain where you're at. We're in a time where you're sending another shaking. Everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The only thing that's built on the Word of God is what's going to survive it. Oh, yeah. We got trouble. Satan blows his poisonous breath. Until days of miracles are past. And there ain't no such thing as divine healing. And the church by and large sits in a backslidden condition. And maybe that's where you're at this morning. Why does God let these things happen? Why does it happen like that? Why does he let trouble come to your door? And it will. You can sit back and smug it. Oh, oh, hallelujah, I got the token and, and ain't nothing coming. Oh, yeah, it will. Because you're human, that's why it comes. Not because you're a Christian, that ain't why it comes. It comes because you're human and all humans get it. You're corporal. And your body ain't, is immune to everything. But did you know that just as, your, as the winds and the waves had to obey his will, your body has to obey his will? Hallelujah, that when his word speaks to your storm and your life, come on, your body will obey. Cancers will leave you. You know why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. And there he's in your life, and he's there to rise up. But your faith has to call him back to the forefront. You may be sitting here with heart trouble. God don't heal you. You might be dead before the morning. Why we let the sick lay when we were told to cast out devils? How come youth camp we cast out ten demonic manifestations? Why is it that our youth aren't getting the Holy Ghost and instead they're getting full of devils? 
that we're dealing with in prayer lines. Why is it? He's proved over and over again that he really gives the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He proves again and again. He casts out devils. He, he told us, that, you know, our, our official commission is to cast Satan out. And a church that is not casting Satan out is not of God. Cast out Satan, sinners are saved. You cast out Satan, people are healed. It's all casting out the devil. But it must have dawned on some of them that the Creator was still with them. I hope they're coming dawning to you this morning that the Creator is still with us. Because He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. Amen. They awakened Jesus. They called him on the scene. They'd seen many things done. And the words, words vindicate him. And so have we. And he was not hard to call into action. You know why? Because our faith brings Christ into our presence. What a promise that is. Amen. When your lips begin to move and you begin to call on God, when you begin to knock, when you begin to seek, when you begin to ask, and when the church begins to call and seek and ask, it'll awake the Jesus that's in the midst. Amen. And he'll cause you, amen, to walk on your waters. He'll cause the seas that were boisterous and the winds that were blowing to become still, and sickness will begin to leave, and diseases will leave your body. And while the word is preached, hands won't even have to be laid on you, but you can be healed or saved or delivered. Or you can find a place at an altar where it can happen, but it's going to happen. The revival, the rest, I want to say this, the rest is about over. It's time to wake him. He's rested long enough between the revivals. We're about to have another revival. Don't you miss it. It'll be the last revival. It will not be a worldwide sweeping known revival. It'll be a revival where the Holy Spirit surges through the church and we're changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. And we caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Why don't we bow our heads together? His ministry has never ceased. Brother Branham's asked the question, how do you wake Christ? By believing his word. Faith brings him on the scene. That's what brings him on the scene, faith. And call on him to confirm his word. And don't doubt and fear. Don't do it. Don't do that. Just believe him as it's written and let it be done. And God will prove to you that Jesus Christ, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I wonder while our heads are bowed, and our eyes are closed and we're thinking about it. How many that would be out there, where, whichever condition you're in, that you need, to, you, need to, you need to call Jesus. You need to call Jesus to your boat. You know you're sinking. Maybe there's others that says, I know I got Jesus. He's been in my boat. I didn't leave without him. But today I need an awakening. 
I needed a wake. How many people around this place would say, I need a revival? I need a revival. I need a revival. Here's one of our elder deacons here kneeling at the altar today. That might be you today that needs to be at an altar too. I remember the place. I remember the time when he was a young man, 30 years old, had a little family. And the Holy Spirit moved when I was preaching the church age series. And God had filled him with the Holy Ghost, took things out of his life. But today he's wanting a revival. Today he's wanting a renewing of the Spirit. Well, what about you? Amen. Here's a young boy right here that just a few years ago was so deep out in sin and God rich in mercy reached out and got him. He come to the altar today and said, I want, I want to renew him. I want to renew him. Lord, renew me. Amen. Renew me wherever you are. You don't have to come to the altar. Maybe you just want to, even if you want to kneel at your seat, you want to stand at your seat. It doesn't matter where you are. Wherever you are, God will meet you right there. He's a God rich in mercy. Amen. You know, you know, future don't hold anything good for you. You know, unless something happens, your marriage is going to fall apart. Your home's going to fall apart. Satan's going to st strike your home. Things are already happening. You can see the signs, but you want right now, you want to awake that Jesus in your ship. Jesus with a faith that can calm troubled waters. That can move your mountains. That can heal all diseases. Oh, he's here this morning. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. But I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Amen. I know, I know I'm still speaking, but it don't hurt you to call out to him. The Bible said that those that call on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. You just call out upon him, wherever you are. And say, Jesus, I need you. I need that renewing of the Holy Ghost. I need a refilling and a renewing. Oh, I need Jesus in my ship, whatever it is, I need you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Where you are, just make, make it your altar. Make it your altar right now. Amen. You minister brothers, come stand here beside me. We're a team together, and God's put us together, and what a blessing. We heard one of the greatest sermons the other day from Brother Joe Adams. He blessed us. He blessed us. God used him to speak to me just before, just before the Sister Karen's brain bleed. Brother Aaron here, a servant of God. Brother Timothy here, men that God has used and anointed. Amen. We're going to pray right now together. And as we pray, I want you to pray. How many would say, I want to pray? How many would stand right now and say, I want an old-fashioned revival in my heart. I need a renewing of the Holy Ghost in me that brings me to a new reality of the Spirit of God. I want you, Jesus, more than everything. Amen. You there out on the internet, wherever you're listening in, down in, down in, in South Africa or over in Asia, wherever you are, pray with me right now. Around the world, those in Happy Valley where your church is shut down, God still cares. He's going to heal those that are having need right there. He's a healer. 
And we're going to believe him for your needs in your church because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're agreeing together right now in the name of Jesus. Let's join together right now and believe. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. Those of you there that are listening in, amen, might be dimly lit in your room right now. But God is speaking to you and saying, hey, I'm the resurrection and the life. Amen. Go make things right. Amen. Make things right. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we are praying together, Lord, and believing together right now in the name of Jesus, we're the children of the Most High God. And we believe, Lord, that's what we do. We believe with all of our heart, Lord. We're asking, Lord, there'd be an old-fashioned St. Paul's revival that'll be, Lord, in our hearts, in our churches, in our homes, in our lives. Lord, you'll bring a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Lord, send the word out there to the prodigals that are listening in. May it not just be a great sermon today, but may it be a day of reconciliation. May it be a day of change where you change their lives right now in the name of Jesus and give everyone a new hope and a new joy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We glorify your name, Lord. We glorify your name. Just worship him right now. Thank him for he promised it. Thank him that he's here. Thank him that he can be awakened in your life. Thank him that you can have a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Like in Acts 4 where the place was shaken by the Holy Ghost. Amen. He can shake you today. Shake your place and bring that renewal in your life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go wake Jesus. Wake him up today. Amen. No, he can't slumber or sleep. He's God, we know. But in your life, in your life, we know. He's not really asleep there. He's been knowing all of this is coming. He's just been wanting to be called to the forefront again. Call him to your life right now. Call him to your heart. Say, I want that revival. I want that renewing. I want that personal revival. Oh, within my heart, within my home, a renewing of the Holy Ghost. We pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Amen. Maybe you need to call up for your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter. Amen. Is there somebody who would stand before the porch and the altar today and say, Lord, while you're sending one more shaking, while you're going out into the highways and the byways, while you're reaching down to others that have been forgotten and fallen away, go after my loved one. Go after my brother. Go after my sister. Go after my husband my wife, or my mother, my dad, whoever it is, go out and bring a revival, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Get a microphone and bring with you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. What a blessed moment. What a blessed time. What a wonderful Holy Spirit. I'm fixing to baptize this one who was a prodigal. Stand up here, Brother Mike. Let me pray with you. We had prayer together. God brought a deliverance in his life. So, well, I don't even know his story. You don't even need to know. Just know we got a prodigal returning home. Got Brother Herring here standing here. Come on, Brother Camp down here. Come stand with me. Brother Joe is here. Come on, Brother Joe. Come right over here with me. Yeah, that's who I'm talking to. The Wades that are here, representatives. Amen. This was their pastor. Straight away. But God, rich in mercy, has brought him back. How can we not kill the fatted calf? How can we not when God puts a robe on one and puts a ring on his finger and say, Now, son, you can conquer this devil. You can overcome. You can rise up above this. I'm going to give you the authority over it. Amen. As we baptize him in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, may the dove, the Holy Ghost, come upon him afresh and anew. And fill him with the Holy Spirit. Completely and totally. Father, in the name of Jesus. And oh God, you've been God rich in mercy. You wouldn't leave him behind. You told us you wouldn't leave a hook behind. You wouldn't leave him behind. You kept knocking at his door. You kept calling at him. And he's come and you said, everyone that the Spirit of God draws will come to me. I will in no wise cast out. Today we've got our dancing shoes on. Today we forgive him in your stead. In the name of Jesus Christ. As a servant of the living God, we forgive him in your stead. Amen. That he can go now and be a real Christian. That's the restoration we want. He just be a son of God. To love you and to serve you. Now from this day on. In Jesus' name. Amen. Lift your hands this way, church, right now. Lift your hands this way, right now. Right now, this way. Everybody believing with me. Amen. Satan, you ever shred of you, you must take your hands off of God's property. We claim him in the name of Jesus. You are defeated. Amen. He may have walked on waters. He may have performed miracles. But he's fallen in the water. But today, lift him up again. And come into his boat. The Holy Spirit of God. And seal him to the day of redemption. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And amen. And amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Wouldn't you as a church like to welcome a son of God back home right now? Come on. 
Hallelujah. Welcome the Son of God back home. Amen. He always was a son. Even when he was a sinner, he was still a son. But now he's recognizing who he is. And he don't belong to the devil no more. Hallelujah. Can I prophesy? And there's more coming just like him. Because there's a God rich in mercy that can go right down to a dimly lit room and say, make things right. And in their time of darkness, bring them in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I didn't ask him to be baptized. He asked to be baptized. I didn't ask him to come and pray. He, he, he asked for me to pray with him. This is not my doings. This is the Lord's doings. Shall we say it's marvelous in our eyes? Can we say as a church it's marvelous in our eyes? The God's a God that's full of grace and mercy. He'll not lose a one of his. Hallelujah. You reach out. Kitchen turn you. Hallelujah. Two ministers, you brothers, stand behind me. I want you brothers standing right there. Come on, you represent where he's been to church. I want you to turn around here, Brother Mike. I want you to look right there. Your family is looking at you right now on this camera. Your church is there. Ministers around the world, your friends that love you. Amen, they're right there. Amen. You see this? Amen. That's it. Do you know how rich we are this morning? Do you know how blessed we are? Do you know how great our God is? What a God. What a God. What a savior. What a king. What a king. What a loving savior. What a God who cares. Amen. 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 Oh, maybe somebody don't want to rejoice. Oh, let me just tell you. You've always had a chance at the fatty calf. I mean, you've always had your chance at a revival. We're not going to envy when one gets his, though he's been a prodigal. You've always had a chance to have the Holy Spirit move on your life. You could have danced any service and rejoiced and cried. Amen. And made things right and loved the Lord and received his forgiveness and his grace. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Welcome home. Welcome home. Won't it be great one day when he says to us, welcome home. Welcome home. Oh, the trials of this life will seem nothing. When we come down to the end of the way and he says, welcome. 
His arms is not short that he can't heal. His love reaches so far down. What grace. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Somebody can get him some of those Kleenexes there just for a moment. I want him to get his composure just a moment. Brother Mike, right, right now, the camera is looking there and around the world. There's ministers that you preach for. There's friends that has held your back. There's a wife that's been true to your family that God gave you and blessed you with. There's a little church that has been grieving and hurting for you. I want to give you the opportunity just to say to them, my friends, my brothers, my church, my family, I'm sorry. Just take your composure just for a moment. We're just going to baptize them in the name of the Lord. But I want to give him that opportunity for the world right now. You know, our ministers live in a glass house. When our house comes down, everybody knows it. You know how it is. Our lives are public. This is public for him. It's not a shaming. No, no, no. We're not here to shame him. We're here to rejoice with him. We're here to say, welcome home. We're, we're here to say we're a brother and we're a sister. We're family. It's going to be praying for you. How many is with me? Come on. How many is with me? You're going to be that. Amen. Just take a moment, Brother Mike. Just tell them. There they are. Brother Ron, Brother Donnie, all of the brothers around the world, family, friends. Here's Brother Mike. He wants to say something to you now, church. I'll help you hold it. all the time brothers sisters I know that I've known for years this church has supported my family when we were in advance in evangelism please accept my sincere apologies all brothers Please accept my apologies. I don't want to be an impersonator. I want the person. Amen. Jesus Christ in my life. Fully. So please, I ask forgiveness. And please, if you're in my place, don't stay where you are. Learn from me. Learn from me. It ain't worth it. 
God bless you, brother Tim. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's welcome him back home into the fold. <laughs> Hallelujah, Jesus. What a God rich in mercy. What a God rich in grace. What a God simple of love. What a God simple of grace. Amen. Brother Darrell, come in a moment. Just show him where to go. God bless you. Amen. Let's love the Lord. In moments like these, I sing out a song. Amen. Can you sing it out today? I sing out a song. I love you, Lord. In moments like these, I sing out. I sing out. Come on, just sing it. Appreciation to the Almighty.
And since I met this blessed Savior, oh, since He cleansed and made me whole, I will never cease to praise Him. Oh, I.
God, what a mighty name, the name of Jesus. He reaches higher far than the highest star. Amen. He come all the way from heaven to bring redemption. Amen. John stood here one day to baptize Jesus. And every child of God must have the same baptism Jesus had, except we do it in his name. There on that day when John was, bapt- was baptizing Jesus, there came a sound from heaven, a voice that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm pleased to dwell in. That is exactly what happens. The voice of God is saying, you're my son and I'm pleased to dwell in you. And today, as I baptize him in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm only the baptizer. But he that cometh after me will baptize with the Holy Ghost and fire. And today we're asking that he will seal the deal. 
Seal him to the day of redemption. Baptize him with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now as the Almighty God sent me into all the world to preach the gospel and commissioned me in his name to cast out devils. We cast out devils for salvation. We cast out devils for divine healing. And today, the Satan has been cast out. And we believe with all of our heart he's been cast out. Now we want the Holy Spirit to feel this vessel and seal him to the day of redemption. Now as the Almighty God sent me to go into all the world and preach the gospel and commission me to baptize those that believe in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost, in obedience to that divine promise, I baptize you, Brother Mike Price, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Let the dove come down. Let the Holy Spirit descend. Let it enter and abide with him forever. Never to leave, never to come and go, but abide with him forever. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to the name of God. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you worship the Lord with me, church? Can you worship the Lord with me? Worship the Lamb of Calvary. Worship the mighty God. Worship the King of Kings. Worship he that fills the house and them that are sitting with his presence. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your unfailing words of promise. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord.